0: Well, our reading today is from Psalm 27. I thought it's a prayer, so let's pray our way through this reading. Can I ask you just to bow your heads and pray with me? Psalm 27 of David The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple, For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. But I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the
1: Lord. Well, one of the
0: unexpected benefits of our pandemic lockdowns this year is it's actually forced ministers to think more carefully about worship. There isn't a time when I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to a, a clergy person or a gaggle of clergy people uh, where this isn't the topic of conversation that comes up. How, how do we do worship, online worship? Does it work? What are its benefits? Uh, what are its Letdowns. Uh, do we keep the hybrid experience of uh, live streaming live services or putting them out on Zoom or all the you know, uh, ten or twenty different ways that churches uh, around Melbourne are currently engaged with the internet and on-ground worship? What about this convenience, uh, this window in, into church life that anybody from outside can can view? Is is that is that helpful for the mission of the church? Is it something we want to keep? Or do we stop it at some point and say, no, we need to force people to come back to church and worship on ground as some of the conversations go.
1: So we've been thinking a lot about worship.
0: But I was reminded this week of the words used by two men who were close friends and how they described worship. One was C.S. Lewis. He wrote that worship is what we most seek Worship is what we most seek in art, in romance, in love, in family. Worship means to be welcomed into the heart of things. Or his good friend J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote of worship, It is a glimpse of joy beyond the walls of this world, as poignant as grief. And I think they understand what King David meant by worship when he wrote Psalm 27. David may need to face down an army. He knows he needs to face down
1: sedition and threats. And his response to all this is to sing, to sing.
0: He links his safety to worship, to unhypocritical, repentant, humble worship. It's the Lord who is my light. That's how I see how to walk. The Lord is my salvation. He is my ultimate safety. The Lord is my stronghold and fortress. Who am I going to fear? And the wicked are acting like instinctive animals in this psalm. David is confident. and what, So where does that confidence come from? Because David's not a fool. He's a very capable leader. He's a highly intelligent man. It, when he writes in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's not just a theoretical expression for him. He knows what the valley of the shadow of death looks and feels like. So where does this confidence come from in the face of threat? Well, he tells us in verse Of the psalm, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him at his temple. Now, this this is one of the few times in the Bible where there is this repeated emphasis upon seeking just one thing. It's there all over and over again to dwell, to seek, to gaze. And He's not asking that he become one of the servants who lived full time in the house of God in the Old Testament. But this is much more a commitment to discipleship. What he's saying is he wants to be a fully and openly committed worshiper of God. His longing is to make his life about worship and to live in the presence of God at every moment. He wants to behold the beauty of The Lord, the acts of worship, the presence of God, to experience that beauty even under fire. To seek, to inquire of the Lord. The the acts of worship instruct us to gain the Lord's wisdom and counsel. And he wants to experience the practical usefulness of worship. He expects that when he goes out into his life, what he will carry with him will be the experience of God in worship, even if that means going out to face warfare. And his worship isn't shy or reserved, uh, even though we know that uh, the worship in the temple was full of liturgy. He, he still says, my head shall be exalted above my enemies. I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and I will make music. There's a wildness, there's an energy, there's a joy in the worship that he describes. And when we read this, we think he can't be at church, he must be at the footy. Because that's where we shout in triumph over our enemies and sing loudly. And that's, that's where we get passionate about stuff. But if C.S. Lewis is, is right, and I think he is, the best of those experiences are pointing us to pure, unhypocritical, honest to God worship. So here's the conversation I think ministers Should have been having during lockdown. (laughs) Not so much about
1: the technology. But how do we
0: reclaim that passion for Sunday mornings? Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me. Answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, You've been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in the straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, shouting malicious accusations. So it's an extraordinary prayer. I mean, David Uh, He he humbles himself before God and he asks God to weed out of his life hypocrisy. Now that's a risky prayer, I think. Uh, And he asks for grace, for mercy, for genuineness. That's part of David's longing, genuineness before the Lord. And he holds God's word up before him and said, look, you've said these things. You've promised these things. Please act on them. My heart says, seek his face. I will seek your face. Don't hide your face from me. Don't turn away from me in anger. Don't reject or forsake me. Teach me your ways. Lead me. Don't hand me over to the desire of liars. And this is King David. This is a guy who writes scripture. This is a guy who's got the promises of God to to, to build his lineage. But he doesn't take God for granted. His worship's not casual. It's not a take or leave it matter. It's... It's the hope of glory. It's his safety. It's the core of who he is. Now, there's a wider lesson from Scripture here, I think, because there's many worships, isn't there, in the Bible about false worship. Just because we don't go to church doesn't mean we're not religious because what we see in the history of the Bible and the warning of the prophets and what I think we see in our city is The way to recognize a shift in what people worship is to watch the culture. And the culture shifts as the object of our worship shifts. Because when we change what we worship, uh, it's because we've changed. And, And we're given over to what we want, to what we worship. And if biblical history is anything to go by, that can often be uglier than what we expect. And you remember that Jesus was very critical of religion. When I meet people who are critical of religion in conversation, I often say to them, "Well, why are you pulling punches? You're a bit of an amateur, aren't you? I mean, if you really want to read a critic of religion, crack open one of the Gospels. Read that. Yes, you tithe. Yes, you fast. Yes, you pray for for hours in public places. Yes, you go beyond the commandments of God for your cleansing." That you use your religion to bury the weight of God's word for your inner life, and you live unjustly in your outer life. If I can summarize Jesus' critique of religion. And that's not worship, you see, that's technology. Technos, it's a Greek word. Uh, it's the word that was used for magic, and it's where we get our word technology from. It means that we can manipulate the elements around us, manipulate the things around us to get them to do our will. And that kind of worship is containing God to small and doable things, to a section of our lives. So we can, some of us anyway, can declare ourselves clean and acceptable and right. But that's not the path to the kind of confidence that David has in the face of threat. That's not going to give us the ability to wait upon the Lord with confidence, that's the path to anxiety because we're still trying to save ourselves when we're using religion in a manipulative way because it all depends upon us, because we've made God an accessory. We're still struggling to try and keep ourselves the headline act of our lives when actually God should be the headline. (laughs) One thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And this has an effect. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord where? In the land of the living. Uh, So wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, wait for the Lord.
1: Now, David's known as a man of action, but he's able to wait
0: because he worships. Uh, David's known as a man of great works, but the secret behind his works is his ability to rest in God and have confidence that God will act in the world, confidence that his prayer will be heard. David's action comes out of his waiting, you see. His works come out of his rest. His confidence comes from the defeat of his fear. And it's all done in worship. Are we neglect how precious worship is. It's, we've got a resource here that is more powerful than therapy, more useful than years of reading philosophy, let me tell you more engaging and healing than the things that we use to distract us. It's beautiful. It's intellectual, a word, wisdom, guidance. It's sensual, music, loud, praise. And worship's not only a ritual, though we will use ritual. It's not only a duty, though it will take advantage of duty. It's not only a habit, but it will inspire the best habits. It's not only excellence, in, uh, say, uh, music, but it will spiritually amplify the music we offer. It's not only in inspiring speakers, but it will take the words that people use and use them to form obedience in us that our teachers never even imagined would occur.
1: Worship is to come home. That's the point. That's what this prayer is about.
0: You remember what Jesus did when he he said about the temple, destroy this temple, in three days I will raise it up again. And they didn't understand at the time that that he wasn't talking about the physical temple, but he was talking about the temple of his own body. What what he was declaring at that point was that he'd become the place of worship. That after his resurrection, he, he would be the place where people would seek the beauty of the Lord. And what did Jesus do? (laughs) I love it. Instead of the temple being a place that people went to, Jesus went out, didn't he, into the streets and into the villages. Uh, He was always on
1: tour. The home of the Lord came to the people. This
0: one thing I desire, says David. This one thing I desire, this beauty, this rest in the face of worry, this waiting in the face of anxiety. So Lord, may St. columns be known as a place of heartfelt, passionate, unhypocritical, and intelligent worship. May we together see and long for the beauty of the Lord. Please keep us safe in you, May you hear our prayer and allow us to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen.